All right, welcome back, people. I thought we'd cover inflation first off, Dave, and basically break down to people inflation. What is it? Why does it happen? And who are the winners and losers? So inflation is the sustained and broad rise in the price of goods and services over time. And that inflationary pressure erodes your purchasing power. It means that your money goes further uh, in low inflation periods. Your money goes not as far in inflationary periods. It buys you less shit for your money. It's worth less. So inflation can be caused by supply demand imbalances or businesses raising their profit margins to make extra money by raising. So they raise their prices, try to boost their profit margins uh, to, to have more money stocked up in profit to invest in the business or to just uh, distribute amongst their shareholders. When prices rise, someone on a fixed income sees that their money doesn't go as far as it used to. It in essence, it buys less shit, like we said before. Inflation impacts lower income consumers more than rich people. People on lower incomes tend to have to spend a higher proportion of their income on consumable products that you have to pay for, like fuel, groceries, your water bill, your electricity bills, rent. More of your money goes towards the things you have to spend money on because you've got lower income to, to start with compared to people on higher incomes. Um, so the Reserve Bank of Australia, their job is to manage inflation by changing and fiddling monetary policy. That means the RBA decide to raise the cost of borrowing through the official cash rate or lower the cost of borrowing. And that is a, a sign and signal to the banks to dictate how they're going to lend money to Australians in, in terms of getting money to, to from a bank to buy a house, getting money to buy a car and having a car loan. The cost of that interest will change depending on the cash rate. When the cash rate is higher in inflationary periods, the amount of money that someone on a mortgage can have left over after their mortgage costs, they're going to have less money to spend in the economy when their mortgage becomes more expensive, which is a way to take some of the demand out of the economy to pay for other things. The idea being, if your mortgage is more expensive now than it was a year ago, maybe you'll spend less money going to Kmart or going to the movies or going to restaurants. And as demand gets taken out of the rest of the economy, prices will come down as that demand lowers, which is how they try to reduce inflation in the economy. The biggest winners are people with money in big in savings accounts that get a good return on their savings account. Places like I and some other banks have savings maximizers where maybe you have up to a hundred grand in a savings account and you get a five percent return on that that money that you leave with that bank as a thank you for them then taking your money to, to lend out to other people when interest rates are higher people with money in savings tend to get better returns on those those savings accounts than in times when rates are quite low like during COVID. Um, people who are on fixed rate home loans don't get as badly affected because when you're on a, a variable mortgage, when the RBA raises the cash rate, your variable mortgage will go up because the banks will raise the cost of capital to those variable holders. If you're on a fixed rate, you know for X amount of uh, years, you're paying this exact payment. And when cost of living is rising and rates are rising, you're not as badly affected. The biggest losers are low income people, people who don't own assets, people who, who are maybe trying to borrow a house now would see that their borrowing capacity has dropped. So the amount of money you're able to borrow from a bank now compared to maybe two years ago may have dropped 25 to 30 percent just based on the cost of borrowing money going up over the last year or so so i just wondered like do you want to chat a little bit a bit dave of your thoughts on this one and then we'll move on yeah so we know that the rba wants to keep 
inflation between two and three percent because when inflation's too high costs go up when costs go up usually wages go up and because wages go up then costs go up again so prices go up so yeah that's a sort of um, <clears throat> target range that the RBA's had for quite a while now and at the moment inflation I think is around 5.4 percent in some of the other countries around the world that probably uh, started raising rates after the pandemic a bit earlier than Australia did. Uh, yeah, the inflation rates around the three to low four percent, so they're a bit ahead of the game. Yeah, in some of the countries around the world, you know, inflation sixty to seventy percent. So yeah, they want to sort of have that happy medium where prices are going up a little bit, wages are going up a little bit, and everything's just sort of growing nicely, rather than yeah, during the pandemic, what we had was inflation of basically nothing because. Um, yeah, the economy was shut down and then as we've come out of that and people have had money to spend and yeah, interest rates have gone up and, and that sort of thing. So like the RBA put up rates in November, that was no real surprise. There's a few thinking that they might leave them on hold in December and then may have to move one more time up in February. So yeah, it's a matter of, you know, if, if it's impacting you, there is help available through your bank or broker. And, you know, we're going to talk about some money-saving tips soon too. You know, if there if there's anything you can do to reduce the amount of you know, your, your expenditure at the moment, that's a good thing too. Yeah, exactly. And the so the next one is electricity-saving tips. First things first, energymadeeasy.gov.au. It's a government website for free. helps you compare your current uh, utility providers, whether it's gas, electricity, or both. Uh, compares your provider to every other provider in the market that will service your area to see if you're on the best deal. They'll also take you straight to each uh, provider's site if you want to sign up and switch uh, based on the the help you get from Energy Made Easy. It's a super good uh, resource. Um, I saved $400 a quarter by switching uh, this year from my to my current provider it's a really invaluable thing to do but if you've already done that or you're yet to do that there's some other ways you can try and reduce your electricity costs so we'll go through some of those now natural light if uh, whenever possible open your windows open your curtains open your blinds to utilize natural light from the sun coming into your home rather than relying on lights if there's a breeze, open the windows before you turn a fan on, before uh, you use your air conditioner. You know, if you have an evaporative cooler instead, it's much cheaper to run that than it is your air conditioning. Uh, much more in a, of an efficient way is using your evaporative cooler, and it's much cheaper over time if you have one. That's obviously if you if you have the opportunity. Be aware of how your bill is calculated. So some bills just charge a flat fee no matter what time of day. Other companies will charge you peak and off-peak kilowatt hour costs. Understanding the difference of where peak is and where off-peak is for your provider, you can maybe use the washing machine in off-peak times if you're at home uh, to wash your clothes. Running more expensive appliances like an air conditioner are going to affect you more in peak times than they will off-peak. So those are considerations you can have. Some big culprits of things that cost you a lot of money, hot water heaters. 
can account to up to 30% of your electricity bill during the winter periods. Um, if you can switch to an energy efficient hot water system, that's obviously a great uh, a great option to try and get your, your heating costs down, but it is a big outlay. It's a lot of cost to get, get a new heater. Uh, so keep that in mind. When you have a fridge or a freezer, using the efficient temperatures so fridges keep between three and five degrees for freezers keep between negative 18 to negative 15 degrees and if money saving is your focus don't buy more than one like don't have more than one fridge or freezer obviously if you have a bigger family or you have a necessary use of you know a bigger freezer it's just going to cost you a lot of money to keep two of those going because they do use a lot of energy and lastly um something i do cold wash all of your clothes a washing machine uses electricity and you obviously need to wash your clothes it's necessary but using warm cycles just uses more energy than necessary last one is consider turning off appliances when when they're not in use for yourself and that's sort of all the ones i had for electricity costs dad did you have anything else to add yeah i think with that washing thing you can structure your electricity use around off peak times i'm pretty sure it's between like two and eight during the day is when um, electricity is at its peak usage. So that's, you know, you likely get charged more. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, just, just be smart about where you spend your money and and how you spend it and what you do, especially a discretionary expenditure. You know, with the mandatory stuff, you can be smarter like you were with the, um, you know, getting a, a better deal on your electricity, and that's a smart thing to do. So there's things you can do on your mandatory expenditure. You know, if you run an extra car, do you need the extra car? Just, just, just be smart about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, was there anything else you wanted to cover on your end? I feel like we got some topics you had uh, prepared that we could go to now. Well, just a couple of things that have sort of been coming through. The yeah, the latest stuff from CoreLogic for the end of October showed that in the last, in the three months to October, eighty three percent of house markets and eighty point six percent of unit markets had a, an increase in values. So we're still see, seeing prices rise. Yeah, they're not rising everywhere, but there was a stat I saw from, um, I think it was Simon Prezi, I think Arjun Paliwal might have said it as well. Something like 10 years ago, we had 5 million less people in the country, but we had the same number of rental vacancies that we have now. So there is some talk from the government about reducing immigration, which is probably long overdue because that's been... Um, yeah, fueling the fire a little bit, um, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the other things I was going to mention is with your bank, normally they will just increase your rate when the RBA puts interest rates up. But what we've been seeing from a couple of banks lately is just before the RBA's announcement, they might just sneak in a rate rise, and it might only be 0.1 or 0.05, but they sneak it in just before the RBA meets so just be careful with that a lot of it, what they do is they reduce their discounts so the bank will say you know the interest rate is eight percent um, but we've got a two and a half percent discount which means your rate's five and a half and then what they'll do is they go oh we're going to reduce the rate so reduce the discount from two and a half to two so your rate goes up to six and people go well our interest rates have gone up and the bank goes well no they haven't we've just reduced the discount so it's a bit of smoke and mirrors so just keep an eye on that that your bank's not trying to, to sneak one through. If you've got a mortgage, refinancing is still worth looking at. Some banks are giving cash back still of about two grand um, to get your business. 
And there's some things you can do. You've sort of got to probably pester your existing bank a bit. You know, ring them up, have a look online and see what rates they're offering new customers and then ring up and ask, can you get your rate to be closer to that and just see what they say. If 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 you're talking to you know, Marge or Johnny on the phone, they say, look, the best we can do is X, ask to talk to the retention team because the retention team is the one that gets the uh, mortgage discharge form if you're going to if you're going to move to another bank as part of the process when the when the new bank's approved your loan and done your loan documents and all that there's discharge form that's got to go to your existing bank and that goes to the retention team and that shows your current bank that you're serious so if you ask to go to the retention team quite often you'll get their best rate early on in the piece it's good to know your loan value ratio because that's how banks price loans yeah, they price them based on um, how much you borrow, but also how what your loan value is. So if your loan is, say, 400 grand and your house is worth 800 grand, that's a, a loan value of 50%, which is pr a pretty good risk to the bank. And they're likely to give you a better loan value than if your loan was 400 grand and your house was 500, so a loan value of 80%. So if you know your LVR, that's a good thing. If they're not going to drop your rate, maybe just ask them, just say, can they waive the annual fee for a year? Because if you've got an offset account and you're paying you know, 250 to 395 bucks a year in fees to have that offset account, yeah, it might be they might just waive that. So it's worth worth yeah, having a crack at that. Wages, the, the latest wages numbers came out early this week or late last week and wages are going up, uh, which is good. People got more money to spend. Whether that flows through to um, higher inflation, um, who knows? I feel a bit sorry for the RBA because on inflation, they've sort of been left to do most of the heavy lifting. The government doesn't seem to have done too much to stem inflation. And there's a couple of things they could do. You know, they could... Um, reduce the excise on petrol, which would bring petrol prices down, Yeah, reduce immigration, which would you know, reduce the number of people in that we've got to house because that's pushing up rents and, and that sort of thing. So, But, yeah, so wage, wages are going up, which is um, which is a good thing. Productivity is still a bit low, but um, we'll just have to see how that sort of pans out. With the rental, yeah, we sort of mentioned you know, a couple minutes back that we've got the same number of, houses available for rent now that we had say 10 years ago when there was 5 million less people so and we've got less people living in the houses that we've got because people want zoom rooms and meeting rooms and they're working from home and that sort of stuff and people want their space so it's just going to be interesting to see how how it goes over the next little while you know there's lots of talk from the state governments about what they, they're going to do to reduce how um time frames for approvals especially letting say things like granny flats where it's, uh, building a granny flat's a bit bit like watching someone build a big mac at mcdonald's like it's not it's not hard most of it's prefabricated gets delivered to site and it's pretty standard yeah so some of that yeah there's, there's the opportunity there for people you know if you're looking for some extra coin and you've got some some money or you can leverage your equity in your property and, and service the loan to get a granny flat. Well, we've got a client, a young guy, who's got a granny flat put on the back of his house in one of the outer suburbs of Newcastle. And the two-bedroom granny flat's going to rent for four eighty a week. Now, that cost him two hundred grand, so the the or two hundred and seven or something. So the yield on that, the yield on that is like ten percent, 
which is um, pretty spectacular. So, um, yeah, so look, there's things you can do. If, if you're struggling, um, reach out to your bank, reach out to your broker, or, you know, if you're not feeling the love from either of them, reach out to us and, um, yeah, let's just, let's just get you on a path so that you can sort of improve your lot day by day, week by week, month by month, and then be in a position to uh, be better off. You know, for some people who live in cities, renting in the long term might be the best option. Try and build a portfolio of properties if that's what you want to do or shares or whatever. But yeah, enjoy where you live rather than move to somewhere you don't want to live um, where you might have the, the work prospects. So there's pl- plenty of options. Um, yeah, sing out if, if there's anything we can do to help. Easy. Was there anything else you wanted to cover, Dave, before we got out of here? Oh, look, there was some good stuff from Arjun Paliwell where he was talking about supply shortages. And he was saying that housing supply was um, 270,000 houses for sale in 2010. And now... There's 210,000, so there's 60,000 less, and we've got 5,000, 50, sorry, 5 million more people. And that with household formation, there's less people per house, which we just sort of mentioned that, you know, when you before COVID, you might have had three and a half people in a house. Now it's two and a half or 2.8, which means for every, you need more houses to, and apartments and stock to um, house the people we've got. Um, the average hold period is interesting that, um, yeah, for, for a lot of, yeah, it used to be 8.5 years in Melbourne that people stayed in the house for. Now it's 11 and a half. So people aren't moving either. You know, there's probably got, you know, there's that downsizer contribution, which is a good thing, which sort of encourages people over 55 to downsize and, yeah, put money in a super. But, yeah, it's all um, all interesting stuff. But, yeah, as, as we sort of talked about, Damo, it is a tough time for everyone. And, um, yeah, if there's anything we can do to help people, give us a, give us a shout. Beautiful. Well, if um, as always, if people want to get in touch with us, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au is the way to do so. If you want to learn more about, you know, obtaining finance for buying a house or to refinance. Yeah. And that's it. Hope everyone has a great week. Thanks again for listening. Share this to anyone you think might find it useful. We're trying to release as many money-saving tips in these podcasts as possible moving forward. Just so if people are trying to reduce the burden of, you know, the cost of living pressures that we're all going through, hopefully it can be of help to people. So have a good week. We'll talk to you next time and um, bye-bye.